0: Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we would encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, today is gonna be a really fun day. Um, My friend, Pastor Brandon Cormier is here, and you're gonna love this. You're gonna be glad he came to church today. Uh, Let me just give you a little story. So in 2010, uh, I was at a youth pastor's gathering, and uh, there's about 50 of us in a small room, small living room, and we were we were singing and, and and kind of the vibe in the room it was everybody drinking coffee and the youth pastors singing let's just take that last song it would have been like shout to the lord all the her i mean it was sleepy i mean it was i mean nobody but there was one guy on the front row i mean sweating going we're the Where I mean, he was declaring how great God is. And when we went to pray, he prayed while the rest of us just kind of felt like we were a little laxadaisical. And so anyway, I said to the guy standing next to me, I was like, I'm going to go meet that guy. I want to meet that guy. And uh, so I walked up and introduced myself um, and became quick friends and then recruited Brandon Cormier to actually come on staff at our church. And uh, we have been buddies ever since. He is now uh, pastoring uh, Zeal Church in Colorado Springs. Uh, He has a wonderful bride named Octavia, and they have three beautiful children and one on the way. And I love him dearly. And will you give a huge, big, radiant hand to his first time on a Sunday, Pastor Brandon Cormier.
1: Good morning. Radiant Church. Come on, somebody. Hey, can you stand to your feet and give the Lord a shout of praise this morning? Come on, we serve a faithful God. The scriptures are very clear. I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. Come on. I am so thankful to be here. You may be seated. It is a great Sunday to be in the house of God with the people of God, those who are watching online. We're glad you're watching online, but the food's always better at the restaurant. Come on, somebody. Speaking of restaurants, Q39, anybody, anybody? Listen, I got my whole life last night. Pastor David, some of the kids took us to Q39, and I promise you, my life is changed. Is there a better barbecue spot? Did they do me right or they did me wrong? What's going on? It was good. Everybody agrees? Come on, be verbal this morning. Let's not be quiet. Don't be stingy with your amens. Talk back to the black preacher in the house, all right? This whole thing will go better. Hey, it is, a, it is such a huge privilege and an honor to be here in this sacred space. Um, I love your pastors, David and Renata. I have had the opportunity to work for them, to work with them, now to work alongside of them uh, in building things, impacting young people for many years. But I am so grateful to have friends in ministry who deeply love the flock of God. There's a scripture in the Bible that just says that God is raising up pastors who will love the flock, who will love the sheep. And so, hey, just one time for the one time, can you just give God praise for your senior pastors this morning in the Perkins? I'm so thankful for you. I'm especially grateful because whenever this dream that my wife Octavia and I had of planting our church, one of the first churches, those of you who give in this house, you need to know that generosity has, uh, it has impact and it has effects that touches, uh, that literally touches the nations and it touches other churches. And because of the vision and because of the heart of your senior pastors, We are so thankful because one of the first churches to sow into zeal before there was a zeal church was radiant church, Kansas city. And so I want to thank the givers of this, how those of you who tithe, those of you who give liberally and give generously because you've impacted our church. There's a, there's a church in Colorado Springs that is touching over a thousand people every single weekend that was launched in the middle of a global pandemic. And part of it was in large part because of the prayers and the generosity of this church and our church family, some other ones, but we are so thankful. So I want to just thank you all and appreciate you all. We've been connected for a while. I'm just now getting to to meet you all. I want to introduce my family to you uh, because I am so blessed. I've been married for about 11 years now. That's my squad. So that is my uh, beautiful wife, Octavia. She is actually right now as we are speaking, I just got pictures from my oldest daughter. She's preaching uh, back at home. So we've got three services this morning and she is uh, about 10 weeks pregnant. We just found out that we're having a fourth child, which is just shocking to all of us. Uh, so, uh, the girl in the green dress, her name is Ryan. She is eight. The girl in the gold dress, her name is Nora. She's six. Uh, she's actually on the front row and she will be up here on stage doing things, but she's a bit of a party animal. So, we may have stayed up a little bit too late last night. So, she didn't sleep on either the flights coming or going. It's just great. And then we got my first son, my only begotten son. At this point, unless God just honors and favors me, come on, somebody. I just feel like two girls, two boys, let's wrap this up, which we are done in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> Wow, okay, so that is, uh, he's king, he was four weeks old whenever we launched the church, so it's funny, because he's the same age, essentially, as our church, so whenever things go wrong, like whenever screens go out, which happens to us all the time, uh, I'm like, you know what, our church is as old as our son, I mean, it's just kind of bouncing around, we're figuring out our way, so that is king, and uh, we are just so honored to be in the ministry, uh, we're honored that Jesus has called us uh, to make a difference in the kingdom, in the capacity that he has. So once again, it's such a privilege being with you all this morning. Everybody good this morning? All right. How many of you ready to hear from the Lord this morning? Come on. I love you guys a lot. I don't miss Sunday mornings. It's the second Sunday that I've been gone from our church uh, since we launched about 60 weeks ago. Uh, But I love this house. And again, I love these pastors, and I love the Perkins family uh, from, pa- from Pastor Hal and, uh, and all of his kids and just the legacy that's here. And so it's a real privilege to be with you all this morning. I want us to go straight to the scriptures. <clears throat> I want us to go straight to the scriptures. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. And I want to start at verse 13. I will read through 19 out of the Passion Translation. Uh, It says this, when Jesus came to Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples this question. What are the people saying about me, the Son of Man? Who do they believe I am? So verse 14 says, they answered, some are convinced you are John the baptizer. Others say you are Elijah reincarnated or Jeremiah or one of the prophets, Verse 15, Jesus says, but you, who do you say that I am? Jesus asked. Well, Simon Peter spoke up and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simeon, son of Jonah. For you didn't discover this on your own, but my father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. I give you the name Peter, a stone. And this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church. Everybody say, build my church. My legislative assembly and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. Heaven. Um, This morning, I want to speak to you from a topic that I feel is really relevant to where we are as the church. Uh, No matter if you've gone up in church your whole life or maybe you're new to church, I want to set some realistic expectations about what the journey is going to be like over the course of time that we call life here on planet Earth. Before we get to heaven, before we stand before Jesus face to face, this journey, uh, what it looks like to be interconnected and to be in the house of god in the local assembly of believers called the local church but i want to speak to you from a topic a message that i've simply entitled church healed everybody say church healed healed. bow your heads with me father we thank you for the power that is in your word we thank you god That as you speak to your people this morning, those in the building and those joining us online, we pray that your anointing is the same. Your power is the same. So we pray that you would speak to us, transform our hearts together as we seek to know you more and to reflect your image and your likeness and your kindness to those around us. In Jesus's mighty name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 Now. Uh, here's what you need to know about me. I am not from Colorado. I've been there for about 10 years. Uh, like Pastor David said, we met back in 2010. Uh, we moved our world. My wife and I, we are from uh, Louisiana, so Southwest Louisiana, where all the good food is, all right? Except for, yeah, my, y'all may just have us beat on this barbecue thing. I'm still thinking about Q39, everybody. All right, and so so lots of things, but, but left Louisiana uh, back in 2010 uh, to move to Colorado. But but my background, my story is I was just, I was raised in the church. I was raised in the South. I was raised in the Black Baptist Church, all right? So my mother and my father have been leaders in the church my my whole life. They, they always served at a volunteer, uh, they always serve at a volunteer level, which, by the way, if you were on the setup or the teardown team, can you just wave your hand real quick? Come on, somebody. Hey, can we just give it up for all the people? No, seriously, you guys really love God. That's Cause this is this is a whole production. This is a whole movement, and um, I'm so thankful. Being a church planter, listen, there's an anointing on you guys' lives. But, but my parents have always been volunteers, and. And serving the church. My, my earliest memories are, are serving because it was it was a value to us. Uh, my dad really modeled this as the Cormier is like, we, we value, we prioritize gathering with the people of God. Whenever my dad got saved, he gave his life to Jesus. He was all in. He left a very different lifestyle and he was all in for God. So whatever we could do uh, from giving or serving, I remember cleaning the church every Saturday morning. Like that's just what we did me my older brother my mom my dad was would be at work and so it's so funny because there was this old thing for those of you kind of grew up in church some churches still do it now but they had like these church marquee signs right and and like so it was our responsibility like every saturday or uh, we would go and like change the the marquee sign on, on the outside and it was just a whole production we had all of these letters and i was young and and so sometimes we would put words together and we'd get in the car and we're driving away and my mom's like uh that was supposed to be like a, a an, an l that's a oh it's a seven. Oh, we gotta and I'm like mom just leave it and she's like no 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 we're gonna turn this car around because this is the house of God we ain't just throwing anything together right like we would go and clean like the church on Saturday mornings before we would clean our own house because for them it was an expression of what we valued come on somebody and so as they were raising my 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 brother and I there was just something that was deeply lodged in our hearts that hey, we gather with the people of God. This is, a, this is a value. This is a principle. This ain't optional. This ain't like, all right, I'll take a little bit of God and like a little bit of the church and like, but not too much of the church, but I want all of God and I want a prayer meeting, but nah, like to gather, mm, I don't know where. That's not who we were because that's not who God called us. Be and so, as we were, I, I feel like maybe because some of you, you may, you don't know, you just don't know. So, maybe I'm, I'm just gonna give you a window into, into kind of my world growing up. I think you guys have a, a video. I want you to turn up the volume really good because this is just a video, just actually a, a couple of years ago. This is a church that I actually grew up in. So, if y'all have that video, go down and play it. Let me know if you don't because this is gonna be a different illustration. Okay, we just need the video, too. It's gonna be super. Some- Okay, there we go. So, so this is the church I grew up in, literally, okay? That's the deacon. Jesus' The main line. Tell him what you want. So the guy on the right and the left and the pastor, those are the men who taught me to sing. Come on. And so here, hand me this real quick. So it was just a whole Jesus is on. choir directed in the black and white so i was six years old like singing be going on I would be like on the very front row and then oftentimes they just kind of like toss me the microphone so I just start singing like that's where I learned to sing that's where I learned to like pray that's where I learned to preach that's where I learned to communicate I mean it was a whole deal you can fade that video out but but I'm thankful. I am so thankful and I'm so grateful and I remember like weeks whenever it's like well like my friends don't have to go to church and my mom and dad were like I don't care your friends as for me in my house that's what my dad is. as for me in my house we will serve the Lord so I don't care what the rest of the world is doing I don't care what your friends are doing we're gonna be in the house of God all right so this is just me so I remember growing up there that's literally the church I grew up in and and I remember we were just all in we were we were fully immersed and Because it was a value to us and it was our family culture and it was our honor to do so because mom and dad modeled it for me. Anything, it was never we have to do this. It was we get to do this for God they lived out scripts like they would say phrases like i'd rather be a, a doorkeeper in the house of god you know what i'm saying that, and, and so 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 this was this was rooted. this was model for me from youth programs to dramas to skits to scripture memorization a all have sinned and come short of the glory of god romans 3 23 b believe in the lord jesus christ you shall be saved. C. children obey your parents and the lord for this is right d depart from evil and do what is good e excellent is the lord you see what i'm saying all the way down to w what time i am afraid i will trust in you okay Okay. And so, so at the time, I just I didn't realize what it would mean to me later on. Bible trivia, all, all of that. And um, I remember whenever we left that particular church, we, we helped to plant a church. And uh, we were in that church for about, for about eight years. And I remember there was a situation that had happened because if you stay in church more than about a year or so, there's something that happens where you have an opportunity uh, to be offended. Come on, somebody. Come on, don't act like this is the perfect church. You lie. <laughs> you lie. And if it doesn't happen, that means you're really not engaged in the, to the level that you should be, right? Because <laughs> if you just kind of like come and go, it's like, all right, this impossible. And it's okay. We're going to get to you in a minute. but, But... <laughs> but i remember i remember giving our lives to this to this church remember like our whole world and it wasn't in like some weird you know dysfunctional way like we didn't like we had great family we took vacations all that stuff but it was just it was a priority right And, um, I remember there was a situation where my mom had, had become deeply wounded. There was some things that happened in the church leadership and I, and I watched my parents walk out forgiveness. I I watched them walk out grace. I watched them walk out like, Hey, we, we, we actually say this church, we helped plan it about eight years. Then we went back to, back to our home church after about eight years of being there. But I watched them make very decisive choices that said this. We are local church people. And so as a value, even whenever things go sideways, um, we're still committed to the house of God. To so watch my parents tithe whenever things were like super tight, like super duper tight. Like my mom had two jobs because they were working really hard. It was a value to them that I went to a great school. And there's a, a whole side of this in terms of some racial dynamics in southwest Louisiana. But I remember them, my mom taking a second job to put me in a private Christian school on the other side of town because that's where the best education was at the time. But I watched them make sacrificial choices. Like we're just gonna, we we're tithers. Like we don't, we don't rob God. Are you kidding me? We ain't taking nothing from nobody. Like we God is the source of everything. But I watched them walk through this church hurt scenario. And I watched my, my mom just tell me, you know, Brandon, everything's not everything's not not perfect, not even in, in the church world. So she set me up with some reasonable expectations. Isn't it, isn't it interesting that sometimes the greatest source of pain is whenever we have unrealistic expectations or unmet expectations? Multiply it times a billion, and then, and then you see whenever we come and we gather with God's people because the expectation level goes up to realms of reality that aren't even real, and it becomes a very deep wound. And um, so, so let's, let's fast forward. I started working in the church right after college, um, it was church that I've been a part of for about five years started going in high school Went away to college went to YWAM. Any YWAMers in the house? Come on somebody know God make him known. Yes The nations praise God. All right, Calcutta, India me and mother Teresa hanging out. All right, but it's a whole other story Okay, uh, she actually died the year before I went but I went to her grave. Okay, um, I didn't do anything weird or anything It was just her grave and it was really cool to see. Okay, another story <laughs> another sunday but uh, so after going to YWAM and doing some things, I started working as a youth pastor, worked at that church for about five years. And um, and I, I remember the transition whenever I met David, moved to Colorado and there was just some 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 pain that was involved. And, and I remember serving at this particular church and uh, down in Louisiana and I had an opportunity to go to grad school. Uh, old Roberts University in Tulsa, and I was like, "Man, I really want to move, come on, ORU are you grad too? Yes, yeah, just all my people. Why where where are you all right um, but but I remember thinking, man, like I really am called to be a part of this church, so I kind of altered my whole grad school plan. I did this modular program where I flew back and forth for a number of years and um, because that church was just it was everything to us. I loved my leaders, I loved my you know my, my Octavian, I got married there, and all of this. But I just remember there was some some pain that was experienced once we had landed in in Colorado and um, worked there in in Colorado for about five years. And back in 2016, uh, our world just kind of imploded. There were some decisions that were made, all sorts of things. But basically, I found myself at a crossroads where I was deeply, how could this thing that I love so much cause so much pain? Like... And there was some decisions that were made and some relational things that kind of went south. And then I learned, I learned this, that after church hurt, your options are, A, you become bitter, or B, you become better. And it is a choice. Let me be clear about that. And so, so here's what I've learned, that people are the best part of the local church and people are the worst part of the local church. It's a, it's a bit of a conundrum. See, some of my greatest memories in my life are connected to the local church. And, and some of my most painful memories are connected to the local church. How can this be? Here's what I want to share with you this morning, Radiant Church, because, because God has such a destiny and God has such a calling on your church to impact the Kansas City, greater Overland Park area. And I believe that God is releasing something, even over your church, that is gonna be a source of healing for so many people. Because here's the reality, but we've got to, we've we've gotta, I have to inform you what unhealed, specifically church hurt, what it leads to. Unhealed church hurt will, number one, It'll hinder your perspective. It'll hinder your perspective. You won't see things quite in the light of how God has called you to see them. Why is all of this relevant? Okay, let's go back to our text. Jesus said this, upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail. But I will build my church. If we do a little bit of a study on what church actually means and what was meant by church, the ecclesia, the called out ones, it was a legislative assembly. Thereby or whereby God does his greatest work is through the arm of the local church in the earth today. I ain't going to get no amens. Amen, Pastor Brandon. It's the word of God. I know it's tight, but it's right it's it's where god stretches forth it's in tandem with it's through the local church he does his greatest work We're in Colorado Springs. We, 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 so I get it. There's, and I've been a part of parachurch ministries and and operations. And I am so thankful because I believe the parachurch is supposed to come alongside the local church and have areas of special, like specialty, whether it's prayer or or missions or outreach, like whatever. Those things are so valuable and so important, but it's in tandem too. It should be tethered with, it should be in partnership with local church. It's God's way. And um, but, but I think whenever we, are, we, have, we carry unhealed church hurt, number one, it'll, it'll hinder our perspective. But then number two, it'll paralyze our pursuit of purpose because we'll walk in a little bit of fear. And some of us, that's exactly the season that we're in. Like we we want to believe that this is it's going to be better this time around. But sometimes our experience tells us otherwise. But are we going to lean, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. So we've got choices here. We can lean on even our experience or we can lean on the word of God. And I want to say this because. Sometimes whenever you've walked, I mean, can we just be real this morning? Yeah. Sometimes whenever you've been in church circles, there are there are things that transpire. And some of us is just the way that we wire, where we just keep pounding, we just, we just charge forth. But I believe that this morning, even that there is a healing that God wants to do in some of our some of our hearts, because some of us have been deeply wounded, deeply wounded in the context of the local church. And and here's what happens, you guys. God's ways are not like our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So what happens is whenever you've been hurt in the local church, it's an interesting thing because the very place where God wants to heal you is back in the local church. But everything in us will tell us, run! Protect walls, stay away. And this is God's way. The very place that carried so much pain for Jesus is the cross. What is the location where the life of the believer really starts? It's the cross. See, God is a redeemer by his very nature. There's there's a level of glory that God gets whenever he takes the very thing or the very person, the very place where the enemy sought to destroy you, to rob from you, to bring you to a place of shame. God says, it is in my redemptive nature to take what the enemy meant for bad and turn it for your good and my glory. But everything logical on the inside of us says, oh, I need to go somewhere he's a redeemer by his very nature and some of you this morning it is like an oil that's being released over your heart right now in this very moment some pain some hurts and here let me tell you this because whenever someone in spiritual authority wounds you it really takes someone in spiritual authority in tandem with jesus to bring you to your full place of healing It's just God's way. So, for a moment here, let me step into that role just for just for twenty seconds, and say I am so sorry for anything that has transpired that caused a level of offense or hurt or wound in your heart, and say I'm so sorry. This is not a perfect place. You will not find perfection here, and what was said and what was did and how you all of those things. I would just say, let the blood of Jesus begin healing you, even now, because we need you. The body of Christ needs you. The kingdom of God needs you. In whatever place that God has assigned, we need you in that role. And we're missing something without you fully alive and fully engaged, fully vibrant in your personal relationship with Jesus. But hey, 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 let's not ever get it twisted. The majority of interactions between the scriptures, between Paul, if you will look, it is the vast majority of the time whenever the word of God is being directed. It was always in a plural sense. To the saints who gather, to those who gather, it was a sense of plurality. That's why we value the coming together and the gathering of the ecclesia, the called out ones, the saints. Amen. Amen. All right. So number three, unhealed church hurt. This is why it's so dangerous. It'll tarnish your ability to trust. And without trust, what do we have? Number four unhealed church hurt will lead to you becoming a cynic of all things local church sometimes we can be right here in the house show up every sunday but still there's an area of cynicism that has creeped into our hearts and cynicism is many things but let me tell you what it's not it's not a fruit of the spirit (laughs) what it's not is a fruit of of the Spirit, an expression of the Holy Spirit living in our lives. But once again, lest you take my words out of context, I want to legitimize the hurt that some people have experienced in in the church. And we've got to talk about this because I think if 2020 revealed anything to us as a church, one of the lessons we should learn is what we don't talk about and sweep under the rug will come back to Bite us in the face later. <laughs> and that's what happened. We got bit in the face in 2020 as a local church. Okay, we're just going to pretend like 2020 didn't happen. All right, let's move on. man. <laughs> Matthew 16, 18, I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. Listen to me well. Hurt has a way of opening the door to poor theological conclusions like nothing else. So out of my hurt and out of my offense, I will develop a whole theological construct that couldn't stand on one nor two legs, but because I feel it, and it's connected to my feelings and my experience, and I get a large social media platform, I mean, what else do you need? (laughs) Just a cursory view, our knowledge of church history will prove this to be true, because I mean, the amount of movements that were started out of offense and woundedness in the local church. I mean, right here in Kansas City. <laughs> like, we- <sighs> um, my name is Brandon and I'm your friend. <laughs> and I want to help you this morning. Whenever we have hurts that have occurred in the local church, we will often times buy into certain myths. Here are a few of those myths. All right, everybody buckle in, strap in. All right. Number one, church is not somewhere you go. It's who you are. Anybody heard that before? Maybe you said it. Okay. Wonderful. Church is not somewhere you go. It's who you are. Or number two, church isn't about a building. It's about people. Amen. All right. Number three, I, I don't have to go to church. I am the church. I don't have to go to church. I am the church. Well, that sounds cute. <laughs> um, but, but, but here's the deal. Are we greater than Jesus? Are any of us greater than, than Jesus? Because Jesus went to church. Okay, you don't believe me. Okay. Um, <laughs> see, it's, it's theologically lazy to formulate an entire doctrine and create a new idea concerning Jesus and his church, that he's building. It's just lazy. Luke chapter four, verse 16. It says this, he came Nazareth where he had been brought up and as was his shout out that next word to me, as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Now, let me break this down for you. The word custom in the Greek, it's this word eothos. It, it means a pattern of behavior, more or less fixed by tradition, generally sanctioned by society. So so Jesus had this custom that he valued his mom and dad. And then, you know, some of us who read our Bibles, there's this instance whenever Mary, I mean, like anybody ever lost their child before? I mean, we're in good company. We're not going to raise our hands. Okay, I'll raise my hand for you. Like you've been somewhere and you're like, you got that feeling like oh, like where are they it's happened to me a couple times okay and then I don't even know what's gonna happen with four like how do you how, okay anyways so 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 but here's the deal even Mary and Joseph lost Jesus but let me just tell you this I'd rather lose my child in the house of God than somewhere else and that's a word for some of us because we have a value system that says, well, I don't really know, like, I mean, do they feel like coming? I in mean, or I don't know, like, I mean, they don't want to go to school, but I have them go to school. But like church, I don't want to like force it down their throats or anything. Is this too much? Is this, is, y'all all right? Y'all all right? <laughs> but I just, but we've got like the Bible is our. Is our standard. But what happens is culture has a way of creeping into. It's not just like poor teaching on sexual ethic. That's going to rip our hearts out as the church. I'm so sorry to tell you. It's also a way of life. It's also adopting a worldly philosophy of doing things. And I'm just telling you this. There was something that Jesus modeled for us. That he said, this is the way. So even whenever Mary and Joseph lost him, where was he? He was lost in the house. Of God, okay. So, so Jesus, Jesus went to church, but 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 listen, pain will impair your vision to see clearly because it's like, well, I was hurt and blah, blah 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 blah, and all the stories goes on. So, so what happens is we're excellent at this as a church. We like react to things and we go like all the way on the other side of the pendulum. So, so but but pain. This this other thing that pain will do. Pain will force unnecessary dichotomies. Here's what I mean by that. Um, I think you guys have a Venn diagram. The Bible says of this, that Jesus is the lion bro, of the son. Uh, he's the lion of the tribe of, of Judah. But, and he is the lamb of God. He is both of these things simultaneously at every single point. Okay, so he's the lion and he's the lamb. There's no need for a dichotomy. Is he a lion or is he a lamb? He is both, all right? But, but Jesus is the son of God and he is the son of man. He's 100% God and 100% man simultaneously. He's not one or the other. He, it's a both and situation, not an either or. So there's no dichotomy. Okay, so in the same way, we are the church. We are the stones that Jesus is building. We are the house of God. We are the church and we go to church. See how simple that is? We are the church and we value the house of God so it is a gathering of believers because that's where strength is released and that's where i'm confronted and that's why i rub shoulders with people and that's why i have my disagreements and i learn how i gotta sit next to this person so i can't just like type away on facebook and because i have to sit next to them tomorrow so what i will say to them over what i'll have to balance that by i gotta look these people in the face tomorrow and i gotta hug them okay and this is is kansas south is this considered the south or the Midwest? what are we what is this it's the Midwest oh is it more south or north I don't know well where I grew up in Louisiana we like it was the deep deep south and it's like you just like bless your little hearts you know like there's just a you know and sometimes Kansas can feel that I mean it is Kansas or Missouri Kansas Missouri we're in Kansas okay great I <laughs> you'd love that Kansas City though all right but anyways oftentimes we we can develop a habit of just kind of pretending and what church does it's actually made for us to, 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 to have to not pretend because here's the invitation come come Dietrich Bonhoeffer says this to follow Jesus it's an invitation I bid you come and die I want to tell you the second part of that is hey come to church and come and lose yourself in the house of God. Would you come and forfeit individuality? And come and lose every sense and every expression that's actually a worldly system of my for and no more, and just me and what I want and you know, because you can do that if you're just online. But whenever you're fully engaged, it's like, oh, I gotta deeply consider you and you and you. And you, because your story matters to me. And then what it does is you begin to live in a way that says, oh, like, this is the way of Jesus. And this is why the house of God matters. And this is why the gathering of the believers matters. And I'm better for it. And it's messy. And it's crazy. Anybody got a few crazy uncles, you know? your cousins, come on, somebody. Some of them are crazy. Little cray-cray. We're about to go into the holiday season. They're about to come out of the woodworks, all right? <laughs> they got their vaccinate, vaccines. They're ready to gather again. <laughs> but it's like, that's still my family. Those are still my people. And I just feel like it, that's sometimes what Jesus says. Like, hey, that's still your brother. That's still your sister. And I want you to gather with them. I don't want you to put your arms around them, but we can't do that in the full expression until we embrace this idea of allowing Jesus to heal us. So what's the big picture this morning? Here we go. Number one, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you, by God's grace, to set aside any cynicism concerning Jesus' church. And for some of you, I know that's a big ask. Because of whatever it is that you've experienced or you've observed or your children have have observed or your parents have walked through. But I'm going to challenge you to set aside any cynicism concerning Jesus' church. And then number two, very simple, be an agent of of healing church hurt by plugging into the local church. Here's the thing about Jesus that I love. Upon this rock, I will build. He's a builder, got a hammer in his hand. But upon this rock, as I am building my church, Jesus is healing his church. So he's a surgeon who gets down to the heart level. He's not a builder or a healer. He's a builder and a healer. And I love this about Jesus because while he is building, he's healing the hearts of his church. And he's healed. If we will just surrender to him, just submit to him. This morning, I want every head bow, every eye closed. This morning, there's two groups of people I want to pray for. Number one, maybe you're here this morning, and gosh, you just you need to make a decision to allow Jesus to be your everything, your Lord. Lordship is what God invites us into by way of Christ. It is my whole life is yours. I'm out of the driver's seat. I'm allowing you to get into the driver's seat. Maybe you're here this morning. You need to make a wholehearted decision to surrender your whole life to the Lordship of who Jesus is. That's you. I just want you to lift up your hand on the count of three. I want to lead you through prayer. Could be one of you. Could be none of you. Could be 10. Doesn't matter. I want to give opportunity to step into this life in Christ. Have your sins forgiven a fresh start that's you I want you to lift your hands on the count of three here we go one two three if that's you just lift up your hand really high thank you sir I see that hand I see that hand as well in the back ma'am and God sees it and God sees it I want all of us to pray you can put your hands down with those who just lifted their hands because I think in the church we should just do everything together so let's all pray this with our friends here today just say Jesus I surrender to you. You are the Son of God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. And now I give you my whole life. Forgive me of my sins. I want to live for you forever. In Jesus' name. And just like that, you've been brought into the family of God. Secondly, I want to pray for any who you feel like, man, God, God's speaking to me this morning, and I believe that God is wanting to heal me of some church hurt things. It could be from 10 years ago. It can be from two weeks ago. It could be both. But if that's you, I want you to shoot up your hand on the count of three. I just want to know who who God's speaking to this morning. So we go one, two, three. If that's you, and you say, gosh, I just have some areas. One, two, three. Go ahead. Just lift up your hand real high. I want to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. Yeah, there's so many hands all over this place. God sees. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now like oil. God, you would begin to deal with every area, God. Take them back to that place where the enemy sought to destroy and to stifle and to paralyze what you have placed on the inside of your people. Through the painful wounds of others, I say in Jesus' name, be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray right now that healing would begin to overflow in your life and those who have been paralyzed and those who have just stood still in terms of your acts of service in the local church i say no more in the name of jesus and i say be loose into the healing river but also a river of victory a river of engagement with jesus's church such that you have never known before i pray that any relational things that need to be made right god would give you boldness and wisdom in how to make it right but this day i say let every ounce of venom be extracted in the name of jesus the poison that the enemy tried to try to fill your heart with, I say, be dissipated now by the blood of Jesus. I see men rising up in this house. I see men who have walked through areas of hurt and you have tried to go forward. I see you crawling, but I see you by the grace of God standing and then walking, and then beginning to run in the house of God. I see men building the house of God, this house of God, like never before, because they are healed men. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.
0: stand together I want to invite our prayer team to come forward can we give a big hand to Pastor Brandon just place your hand on your heart I just believe that this is a moment where we receive this I just want us to all do this together Father we thank you for this word today God, we ask in Jesus' name, God, would you build right here across Kansas City, your church. Father, we pray that you would be the healer of hearts. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're going to do. God, we love you. Thank you for this word. Have your way here in us. In Jesus' name.